Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. So today on the show, I am so excited to have one of, I'm going to call him one of my besties because he's it, one of my favorite people in the world, Bradley Hansen, who lives in the greater Seattle metro area. And so Bradley is a phenomenal realtor, like an amazing realtor who I had the honor and pleasure of meeting and coaching and who is now one of my friends and honestly who I will hope to be one day because he is no doubt, and I'm sorry to anyone who I'm about to disappoint, but the best student I ever had as a coach. And he has surpassed the master, like he is now Yoda. And I am just one of the Jedi's learning because you're going to learn so much today. So Bradley, thank you for joining us. You are welcome. Listen, we're going to get started on what I think is just one of the best stories ever. And I think people, as they hear what you're doing, are going to think you've done this forever. And let's make people clear that he's about to get into his sixth year, six, like one, two, three, four, five, sixth year of real estate. Let's first wow them with your first year. How many families did you get to help? So I was able to help 27 families and that was the good old first year, which was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, 27. So I want you all to hear this because if you really pulled realtors across the country, 27 homes in the first year is unheard of. And by the way, a lot of realtors don't sell 27 homes a year. So what was your first year? How'd you do it? What'd you do? I would say like it was kind of a mix of things, but at the end of the day, I really went after open houses. So I had a mentor that was basically like, you need to be present. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? She's like, you need to meet people and you need to hustle. And I'm like, this is really scary. And so I basically decided that I wanted to be the end all be all of a specific market. And so I would call every single listing agent every single Thursday and ask them what listings they had. I would hold them open for them. And I would basically have 30 minutes in between each open house. So I would do like a 10 to noon and then I would do a 12.30 to 2.30 and then I would do a three to a five. And then I would do it Friday, Saturday and Sunday if I could. And I would just be seen as the open house king. But I was running into the same buyers and sellers, right? Because I would pick a price point, let's just say between five and 700. And that's where those buyers were at. And they would run into me every single weekend. And then I would see him the following weekend. I'm like, oh, you didn't get your offer accepted. And I was building these relationships with these buyers that maybe had an agent or maybe didn't have an agent. But then they were like, wow, like you really know this market. And I just continue to build my presence. Plus, I mean, if your signs are out on the streets and it's not like I just put out two signs, right? I had like 15, right? So it's like, they could not miss me. And every single weekend people are going out, they're getting their haircuts, they're running to their Costco runs, or maybe they're out recreating or they're heading to church. They're like, there he is again. So that was like- <laughs> There he is again, <laughs> the king. <laughs> but I mean, so first year, other agents open houses. So let's first think about, and I know I'm guilty of it where I'm like open house. Ooh. So you met people and built your first year mostly on other agents open houses. And by the way, I did too. When I started, I did everyone else's open houses as well to meet people and to really get familiar with, but also you get comfortable talking to people and you learn things, but 27 and you did open houses. And then you did another thing that I will assure you, most people listening are going to be like, nope. 
What is another thing that you did that first year? I definitely was boots on the ground, if you will. I would put like housing updates that our company created and just threw my little image on there and rubber band them to doors. And just every month I would hit them and I would hit the same ones. And then I would do little postcard campaigns. And I just was like consistent. And I'm like, okay, they need to know me. It's all about impressions. How many times are they seeing me so that they remember me? And I hated it, but I still do it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. By the way, people door knocking, which most people would yeah, never door knocking. Right. But let's let's really so the basics, the basics work. So this is year one. By year three, how many families did you help? 78. 78. Right. So 27 to 78. Year four. We did 112. And this is going about to be your sixth year. How many are you going to do this year? You think? Probably about 125. <laughs> so again, six years. And let's talk about it. So I think people will listen and say, oh. I bet he has a team of 27 people. How many people on your team? So it's seven plus me right now. Yeah, seven plus you. So you started with you, right? So we talked a little bit about your evolution when you and I were talking and then through coaching you. So it started with a you and then a you and an assistant, right? And then you and a buyer's agent that you morphed into showing agents. So who all's on your team right now? What are all the positions you have now? Yeah, so I have myself. I'm just leading the team. I go on every single consultation, whether it's a buy or a sale. I have a listing agent, a buyer agent, a showing agent, a listing coordinator, a TC, and a marketing person. Yep. And a TC is a transaction coordinator, which everyone will probably know, but okay. So really, really phenomenal. So when we think about this, it's like, okay, what we want to do. So whether you're a lender or a realtor right now, we're going to get in some tactics. And usually I would have told him to pick one, maybe two. But I think right now, more than any time as the market's shifted, and as I think people are looking for like, okay, I got to find the thing to do to really carry me through this market, they're going to abandon some basics. So I want to go through some of your basics that you do that either a lender needs to also do or teach their realtor partners, right? This is what successful, let's talk about how people in the country will sell 125 homes this year. There aren't many. Now, maybe yes, if they have 30 person teams, but you are a niche kind of smaller team, but let's look. So open houses. So you used to do at least six a weekend. How many is your team doing now? We're still doing about the same. Obviously we're doing our own listing. So like I get agents that call me all the time, like, Hey, can I, and I'm like, no, that's how I built my business. We're good. We're going to cover this ourselves, Right. So between the team, we do Friday open Saturdays and we don't work Sundays any longer, but we're still doing about six. Okay. That's a great thing to tell people. You're doing them Fridays and Saturdays and not Sunday. I think most people think it has to be Sunday. How are they working on Fridays and Saturdays? I mean, people are out, right? So like you're 12 to twos and then you do your three to fives. And then sometimes you can do an evening one. I think at the end of the day is people are out. A lot of people are remote working still. So they have the ability to kind of bounce into an open. Again, the goal is just to get your name out there, right? It's not necessarily about finding the buyer for that listing, right? It's about creating an impression in the community. Again, letting them know that you're the dominant one and you're running into this every single weekend that maybe you haven't found that perfect home. And then you're talking to sellers. So it's like, if you get two people, but there's still 60 people driving by every hour that see your sign, that's a success to me. Yeah. And so let's really take a point home. All of the realtors giving away their open houses, right? So again, you're helping build the next Bradley. <laughs> is really what you're doing. So everyone's saying they don't work. You vehemently disagree, right? You think absolutely an open house is a key to building and keeping your real estate business. 
hundred percent. I mean, how are you going to be able to meet the neighbors? Like you work so hard to get this listing and you want to do a great job from start to finish, but then the neighbor two doors down comes to meet you and then they never get to actually meet you because Tammy from Miami is the one that's sending the open, right? It's like, <laughs> it kind of defeats the purpose, right? Of intentional marketing, at least in my opinion. That's the best intentional marketing. Good job. And I love Tammy from Miami. That made me laugh. Yeah, All right. And then door knocking and flyers still doing that. Yeah. So we obviously hit the doors around every single listing, just listed, just sold, full invitation to Friday nights, early entry for neighbors. And then I don't have the time to go out and door knock myself, but that doesn't mean that we give it up. Right. So we have two 13 year old boys that are swagged out in shirts and hats. And I mean, how could you say, please don't put a flyer on the door when you're this cute little uh, 13 year old. So they are out there helping get information to future buyers and sellers, but also it keeps them busy and it keeps us getting our boots on the ground. Yeah, I love that because you're right. Like uh, if I answer the door, I am not going to yell at a kid. I'm just not. I'm going to be like, oh, thank you. And look at you getting to work. So good job, genius. I love that. So I'm going to talk about something that you do that I love. Um, You're very social. Tell us about your weekend dinner parties you host on the weekends because I think that's something that people are really missing out if they're not doing. Yeah, I mean, Sundays is typically like a family day, but there's an evening night or a Friday night, Saturday, whatever it is, just getting together with a VIP, maybe it's a just a friend or a business person and getting them to come over to our house. I think my best success has always been a past client, like a couple that comes over for dinner and they get to see us in our home where we're not necessarily buttoned up and the fridge isn't perfectly organized and the dog is running around and whatever, it's authentic. And then they feel like a guest and I think that they see us in a different light. I think a lot of times like high earners are perceived to be a little bit stuffy. And I think when you remove the suit jacket and you're having real authentic connections with your clients, like they love you even more. And so I think that's the secret sauce to our referral-based business is getting deep into relationship with somebody. And I think it starts by you opening up yourself and exposing who you truly are. Oh, I agree. So you do those about twice a month. You'll host your dinner parties maybe twice a month. Yeah. And if it doesn't work logistically regarding like if they live out of the area, meeting them anywhere, like it could be in downtown Seattle, it could be closer to their house. Sometimes we go to theirs, like just getting a dinner date at somebody's home or wherever, right? Just getting face-to-face with them and truly breaking bread with your spouse. Like, I don't think it just needs to be you. And it's like their spouse and your spouse and you're good to go. Agreed. Absolutely for that connection. So one thing that I know that you're very consistent at and good at, because I get them as well, is your letter from the heart. So the letter from the heart, again, is that human part of you, not the robot machine realtors that people think we are. How often do you do them? How does that help you, you think, the letter from the heart? Oh, I think it's huge. I think a lot of people fight um, being super open and honest with what's going on in their life personally. I think we're all just like trying to be the stuffy individuals that have all the awards and stuff, but we forget to peel back the layers. And I think people want a real authentic connection. And I think writing the letter, if it goes out every month, which is our goal, right? So first Thursday of every month, it's being stuffed by somebody and it hits the doors, but it's like, I get the text messages every single month or the calls that said, Hey, that letter resonated with me or pick yourself up off the ground. You're going to be okay. Or I loved seeing your vacation in Hawaii, right? It can't just be all you know, cakes and rainbows, it needs to have a little bit of challenge and heartache and things like that. And so I think if you find the ability to do it and you write true, meaningful things to people, they will read it and they will embrace you more than I think you would expect it. It can't be about business. I think I wrote the last month was about being like your authentic self and realizing that over 34 years, it has taken me time to be 
cool with being uncool. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I like diet peach Snapple. I drink one every night. I mean, it's okay to be set in your ways. And I think people like it because we're more like than we think. Yes. And you're not Insta perfect, right? I think the biggest thing is we all want to be Facebook perfect and Instagram perfect. And that is not, I think what people relate to, right? I think people then think you're, they can't connect to you because they're just not like you. All right. So we did letter from heart. So 20 cards a week, every week, every single week without fail. Are you writing your 20 cards? Yep. All right. So for people that don't do it, who are you writing to? What are you saying? Cause someone says, gosh, 20 cards. I don't know what to say. What do you say? And what kind of cards are you sending? I think people overthink it, right? Like as realtors, we're always bidding workout for repairs and obviously saleability of homes. Thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me and the Joneses to prep their home for sale. I appreciate our partnership. I hope that they choose you, right? Because sometimes we could get multiple bids, right? And it may not work, but still giving gratitude helps them know that we truly are trying to pour back into them. Thank you so much for popping by my open house and bringing us some loan cost breakdowns. I really appreciate your partnership. It could be, thank you so much for introducing me to Marjorie and helping her family sell their home or whatever. It doesn't have to be this long novel, but just something short and sweet. Thanks for dropping by my office and bringing banana bread. We love that you read every one of our mailers. You know what I mean? Just little things. Thanks for coming to our happy hour whatever. I mean, anything. So you don't struggle with it. I don't either, but some people I think struggle with what do I say? And I think for me, it's if you're tracking your day, who did you see today? Who did you have lunch with? Did they treat you? Did you treat? Thank you for treating me. Thank you for meeting me. Thanks for getting together. It's your birthday. Those are overlooked too. Happy birthday. Happy anniversary. Right. I just was thinking of you today. I think it's, we overthink and we just need to act. And so I think we are very good about that too. That is a strength we have, but I think a lot of people say, I don't know how important it is. I think that's the most undervalued because think about like when you check your mail, like my birthday was yesterday and Bradley, I love my flowers. Thank you. The Facebook happy birthdays are great, but the personal ones are what matter, right? Like the people that call you and sing happy birthday, especially when they can't sing like me or the people that write you a note or send you something or the cards that you get. I keep them. My team like makes me years later, throw them away, but they mean something because it's not something that people just do now. So it's something that's much more memorable and personal, right? You connected, you cared about me enough to take that time is absolutely something people are going to remember. So I think that people need to just do it. Yeah. I mean, even just thinking of like more ideas, it's like you go on a listing appointment. It's like no other agent's going to write a handwritten thank you card and mail it to them. It's like when you're meeting with them Thursday at five, it's like Thursday at five, you have your team put it in there. It's like, thank you to the Joneses for allowing me to come into your home. We're looking forward to taking great care of you. Like no other realtors doing that. Right. It's like, we do that. Buyer buyers are listing. It's like, thank you so much for choosing our home. We enjoyed working with you and your agent. If you have any questions or need anything as a community pillow, we're here for you. Brad Hansen. It's like, it costs nothing. Yeah. One more that I want to go over with you is I love this, that I think people don't see enough people, right? And you make it a point to get together with groups of 10 or more people. And the goal is three times a week. So give us some example of groups of people that people should get together with and how they can really see more people. I think for me, it's like if you join a nonprofit board, there should be bi-monthly or at least monthly meetups where you're discussing something that the board is going after. So like for me, it's a school board, which is a huge opportunity for me because I don't have a child. And so being involved in the schools gets me with the faculty, the school board, and of course the administrators, which helps me also reach parents. And obviously parents are growing their family and they need to trade up and trade down. So for me, that was like something that I'm like, I have to get into. Plus I have a passion for kids. So school boards, 
nonprofits, food banks, you name it, chambers. I think people are like, how do I work with the chamber? How do I get it to produce a result? It's like, put yourself in a room. Typically, most chambers are meeting for a monthly happy hour evening at a local brew pub or a restaurant. And then obviously, they're having their lunch and learn. So it's two touches that you get to be in a room of 30 to sometimes 60 people where you're meeting with other business owners. And I think it's impactful, but you can't just like be in the back eating the broccoli. Like you have to <laughs> legit be you know, wearing a name tag and being intentional about, okay, who can I meet that I don't know? It's like, find five people every luncheon or every happy hour you don't know and go up and introduce yourself. Find out what their profession is. Is there a way that you can support their business, right? Because if we find the need and then fill it, they're going to enjoy who we are and they're going to want to get to know us on a deeper level. I also believe in like Rotary International. I think that's huge for me. I fought it for so long. I got involved. There's like 10 financial planners in it. And I'm like, this is a gold mine. I'm the only realtor in here like, why am I not using this to my leverage? So now I'm building relationships. We go out and have happy hours. They obviously have people that have a significant amount of money that maybe need to buy second homes, vacation homes, investment properties, or maybe need to downsize, right? So there's a huge opportunity there. And again, putting them together and being in those rooms, 10 or more, I think wins. Also for me, my biggest thing that excites me the most of 10 people or more is like our past client refers to you. And then you have like five of them, right? You get all of their referrals plus you like this weekend on Sunday night, we're going to dinner with 10 people and they all have used us to buy and sell. And they're all friends of this one person. It's like, put them all in the room. They're going to do the entertaining, but we're going to get to have a deeper relationship. So really simple things. So the key with you is relationship. And so here's a question, right? I think anyone hears, oh, they're going to sell 125 homes. How many leads do you buy? Do you buy leads? I don't buy any leads. So no leads purchase. Cause I think when you start to hear numbers like that, they're like, oh yeah, he buys off of Zillow or he does this or that. And yours is organic relationship building and the work that you do. So the thing with you is two things. Well, there's many, but you are super consistent and you implement. I think too many people hear an idea and oh, that sounds fun or that can't work. And then they don't do it. You do the work and you implement, which is the thing that's so impressive about you, because I also think the market's changed. You're still doing the same things, right? You didn't go, oh, the market's changed. I'm going to abandon all of this and look for something different, right? You've been doing these things consistently, right? 100%. I mean, we don't stray from the plan. I mean, at the end of the day, the pandemic obviously put a damper on some of the things, but it's like, I am probably the most consistent person. And I also, I'm very good at implementing. It's like little things make big differences. And I think some of us, like, I remember when I first got into the business and a person that was mentoring me, she's like, I've been doing this for 15 years. Like, if you ask me for a tactic, don't change the tactic. Like I already manipulated it to get to where it works. You just need to literally do it the same way and you'll get the same result. And so I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I like that, but let me make it better. It's like, just do it. Just take it, rip it off, do it. Don't fight it. Don't try to like say that it doesn't work in your market. It works. Oh yeah. That's the biggest thing. Oh, it won't work here. And it's like, well, if you have houses and people, probably it'll work. So, all right. So one thing as well, calendar, do you follow your calendar? Are you a calendar person or are you a, I wing it every day? 
No, absolutely. I mean, the only way you can set appointments and be at the right place in the right time, especially for me, I'm a big social butterfly. Like I have to be in these groups because this is where I generate my leads and have meaningful relationships is by having a clear plan throughout the week of when you're going to be. So I get a printed calendar every single day. I don't schedule anything. Anytime that a client wants to meet with me, I tell them that I have to check with the scheduler. And every single day I get told you need to be in the car in 10 minutes or like I have a Tesla, so I get tracked on it. So it's like your wheels need to be moving in five minutes to the next appointment. So you're not late to meet with the Picards. It is what it is, but it's kind of fun. I mean, I feel like I fulfill my day by checking off what I do. And once it's done, it's like you really can think about your day and know that like you actually did work. I think a lot of realtors sit in there and they're on social media and they're trying to record videos and be famous on social media, but they're not actually generating leads, like true meaningful relationships with people that are right in front of you. And I think the calendar keeps you focused and you're able to get way more done in less amount of time. Like I don't work Sundays. That's amazing. I'm usually home at 6.30 every night. Nice. So you are scheduled. You're also managed, right? So having someone manage you and make sure you're on schedule is key. I think that people that don't have that, that's where hours get under control as well. Because I think all of us, even if we are scheduled, you can go on, let's say Instagram or Facebook, and you all of a sudden you're like, oh, that reel was funny. And now I'm watching dogs and oh gosh, that dog got rescued. Look back, I came back from the military, right? And then I'm like, Whoa, and I'm, I'm 20 minutes in this rabbit hole. So they will absolutely, no, no, uh -uh. you're not supposed to be doing that right now. So I think that the people that don't have someone managing calendars and managing schedules and keeping them on track, it's a big mistake, right? Because we're like herding cats and especially high eyes are cats, right? Oh, that's fun. And that's social. And I like that. And so it's easy to sort of, uh, so having you stay on track is excellent. Now to end, I like to ask everyone a book that everybody listening, lender, realtor, whoever it is needs to read. What is that book for you? Oh, I love the go-giver. Absolutely love the go-giver. Okay. Do you share that? 100%. Like do, if I'm a business partner of yours, do you share the go-giver with them? Yeah, actually. So one of the first lenders that took me to coffee when I started selling homes gave me that book. And he was like, you should read this. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I didn't read it for the first eight months. And then finally I picked it up and I gave it a read. And I'm like, this is like actually a really good book. And so I have like probably 20 of them downstairs in our gifting closet. They're ready to go. Every time I have a lunch appointment with a new business or a lender, I gift it out. Any new employee that works in our organization has to read the book. I think it's a great one. Excellent. So I think that's also pretty nice too for all you lenders as well as realtors listening. So your favorite book, if you're going to go meet business people, if you're going to go meet lenders, VIPs, right? Even favorite past clients, bring them your favorite book that's going to resonate with them that can change something. And that's really affected you in the gifting closet. I love, I want to come see your gifting closet, Bradley. That's going to be my goal is to come see the gifting closet because he's really good at it, guys. He's super thoughtful. It's a gift that he has. So there's no doubt about it. Well, gosh, thank you so much for taking your time. I know you're going to go to a rotary meeting soon. So thank you for fitting me in. I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. I'm so proud of you because wow, just watching your business and your career and your team, it's phenomenal. I know there's so much everyone can learn from you, but that I can keep learning from you. So thank you for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, this brings us to the end of the episode. So everyone for who's listening, thank you so much for listening to Real Estate Unscripted. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, 
nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.